the Ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber. All right, thanks for joining us on the Holding the Ball podcast. Uh, interesting weekend of footy. Mike, you know, social, uh, self-isolation and all, is joining us on the phone. Mike, g'day. Hey, Bomber, how are you going? We, uh, we're doing the, the right thing here by everybody and um, sort of self-isolating or not isolating, I guess, but the travel ban that they've uh, announced is sort of what we should uh, do our best to uh, not spread our germs around, I guess. Yes, maybe. We'll have to wait and see. We'll talk about that towards the end. But, uh, yes, we know today, um, and I thought we'd just spend a little bit of time to start off, uh, you know, obviously no footy for a while. Yeah, no footy for a while. The AFL, Gil McLaughlin, did you actually see the the press conference today at all? I've seen it about six times, but, yep, go on. (laughs) Okay. I was going to say, Gil looked pretty distraught about it all, to be honest. He looked tired. He looked uh, really sad. Um, obviously announced that had to postpone the AFL season until the end of May. And um, I think the, the news sort of came through before the Eagles game started. So that was um, they were the only team to, I think, play, knowing that they wouldn't be playing next week. Yeah, it was um, yeah interesting timing when all that sort of came out. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. Gil looked a tired man. He's had a busy couple of weeks, and um, I think the right decision has been made. Interestingly enough, uh, I believe the latest of the is that the NRL hasn't followed suit at this stage. So it'll be interesting to watch those developments as they come past. But I've never been around. Yeah, well, I guess I guess we know that the um, NRL is in a lot worse financial shape than the AFL. So yeah. I think the AFL was always, I think we predicted this last podcast, it was always going to happen. And, um, you know, I think AFL are in a position where they can afford to probably take a hit a lot more than the NRL can. Yes, um, yeah, definitely. But uh, Gil did describe it in his words today as this will be the greatest financial crisis the game has ever seen. Um, yeah. And, you know, you, you just look at um, the amount of lives and you can look at this at the top level, um, the local leagues that are already suspended play until May 31. Um, so at all levels, there's so many people whose livelihoods um, depend on footy, not just the players and you know, media and et cetera. But um, there's a lot of people who will be told that they're um, losing their jobs as a result of budget cuts, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess that's the only thing that they can do in order for the club to survive. I guess they've got a lot of staff on board and, you know, I think the players have probably got a bit of a responsibility to – shoulder a bit of the financial burden. Oh, definitely. Um, given, that, given that they signed on to this agreement uh, a couple of seasons ago where they, they got a portion of the sort of the income of the AFL. Yeah. And, um, you know, if the AFL is not earning any income or earning a, a very reduced amount of income, they should um, get a reduced amount of pay, I think. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, Patrick Dangerfield, obviously the president of the AFL Players Association, expects something to come out 
um, in the uh, in the coming days, I think, from the Players Association. But I'd, I think so. We yeah. don't we don't know what that'll look like. We don't know what a lot of things look like uh, in the coming no. days. All we know is we've got approximately ten weeks without footy, and I think mm. in, you know, in the scheme of things, and um, you know, I think it, the right decision was made, no doubt. Yeah, and I think that we were sort of almost predicting it to happen before round one and um, just a little bit premature, I guess, and um, they uh, announced it before the before round one had finished. But, yeah, no footy for a while and, um, you know, what we'll be doing personally yeah. uh, in terms of the podcast. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah we'll, 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 about. we'll get to that. I always, I always look at... At someone like Phil Davis as, uh, from GWS is a bit of a voice of reason and he tweeted uh, today firstly he tweeted I need a hobby now so Phil's yep. got to find something to do but then uh, later on he tweeted very strange day for the industry but easily put into perspective let's be smart there are more important issues at play so let's look after ourselves and each other please and I think that sums it up perfectly uh, the situation at the moment yeah. Yeah. So obviously the clubs are going to be looking at uh, cutting some costs and things like that. And yeah, as you mentioned, people will lose their jobs and that sort of thing. And it'll be interesting to see whether uh, memberships get refunded or anything like that, or whether they'll sort of ask the members to shoulder a bit of the load. Um, yeah, take a bit of the load, which will which will be interesting. Really um, interesting, and all, all that depends on you know uh, what happens out the back end of this. Um, you know, will things? We don't know what will things be like um, in May thirty one when I mean the AFL decides where to from here. Um, it's it's going to be really interesting to to see how the remainder of the season happens if it happens. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot well, of a lot of what ifs. I think the prediction is uh, from the government at least. The government is trying to um, sort of smooth out the impact of the coronavirus. But I think they're predicting that uh, initially it'll be sort of a six month impact. Yeah. And uh, you know, obviously, if we're six months down the track, we're looking at September, and and no potentially no footy has been played played. So. Um, so Port, yeah, I sort of. So Port Adelaide will be premiers, potentially. They're on top of the ladder. <laughs> well, that, that probably leads us into another discussion point because also the AFLW season was cancelled after yes. the first week of the finals. And your mob, uh, your mob undefeated. My mob undefeated, uh, and um, yeah, they decided that the only way they could make a decision on this was to say that there would be no premiers for, for this season, which for me is a little bit disappointing because uh, the girls are going very well. Yeah, I'll, I'm removed from this one because my team, just obviously West Coast, first year in the AFLW this year, were very much playing, you know, there's a fair way to go. Um, Siri's talking to me here, yep. sorry about that. Uh, but um, from mine, it seems like probably the right seat decision, but where do you sit, mate? I know you're a bit biased, but where do you sit on it? <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's the right decision, but um, there was, uh, I think, last week some discussion with the players and um, the um, the girls all wanted to continue on with a normal final series with um, eight teams. 
yep. which would obviously take a few weeks. And you know, they had initially suggested to the girls to just have the two top teams play off against each other this weekend, and they didn't want to do that. So, you know, could have had a result this weekend. But, um, yeah, I guess... Um, so I think it would have been, yeah, I think it would have been Freo and North Melbourne. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yep. So, and North, I think, just held on against uh, Collingwood. So, um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, as I said, disappointing. If but, you've got um, to stop I it think now, it probably is the right, the right decision. Yeah, if you've got to stop it now, which you do, um, I think that's the right call. I don't think. Uh, yeah, we can't crown a premier when there's well, still. Could 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 we compare this to? Uh, well, it's slightly different, I guess. You're talking about the Premier League, involved, yeah. but no, no, no. I was thinking of the NBL uh, oh, okay. because they obviously got to the grand final. Though, yes, the mighty Wildcats. Three games of the, of the series, and the Wildcats were declared the winners. Yeah, happy um, days. So slightly different, I guess. Um, but you know, but I guess the NBL found a way to decide a winner when the sort of series, the final series hadn't finished. And as a you know, WA WA based podcast, we're really happy about that. We're really pumped for the Wildcats. Yeah, we are. But yeah, there are a lot of discussions in other leagues, like like the, the Premier League, whether uh, Liverpool will um, be declared the champions, given that. Um, they're miles ahead on top of the ladder. Well, uh, well, maybe I think they we can, can still technically not win, but uh, it's very, very unlikely. Well, maybe we can come back next week and talk about that. But <laughs> moving on, we'll see. But yeah, tough one. Uh, interesting tweet here from Titus O'Reilly, one of our faves here at the Holding the Ball podcast. Yeah, he said, "I know people say there's more important things than football, but I really don't believe them." Uh, so <laughs> Titus, <laughs> Titus, just coming to terms with things there, and uh, you know, as we all. Um, it was, you know, for the majority, it was putting a lighthearted spin on it. It was easier being in, uh, I guess, some sort of self-isolation with plenty of footy to watch. But next week will be interesting. You know, we might actually have to spend a bit of time with our, you know, families and things like that, which would be tough. But uh, we'll, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, it will be tough, but uh, we'll, we'll give it a go. Um, so I guess the other thing to talk about, um, obviously, as part of this, the AFL have suspended club training for every team. So every club will be looking at uh, setting up a program for players to sort of keep up with fitness at home or, I guess, in their local area. Yep. So, um, which will be pretty interesting to, uh, to to deal with. Yes. So Adam Simpson spoke uh, after the game this evening, and he said the players have until Tuesday to exit their players, um, and then they're going to be on a thirty-day remote program. So, and then the, it'll be reassessed after that. So, um, mm-hmm. so a, a lot of watch this space, but thirty days at least. Um, and then we'll see where we're at at that point. Yeah. And I guess the other thing to mention, um, I don't know how closely you were following things today, but basically a couple of states closed their borders. Yes. Uh, I think they closed it Tuesday or something. Tasmania and South Australia, is that right? I've already shut, and I think yeah. WA is going to follow. And I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, I guess... Well, you can't travel, you can't play. You can't travel, you can't play, exactly. So unless unless the Eagles play the Dockers every week or something like that, 
which um, probably be good for you guys. Not Apparently, so I did hear. I did hear that there was some idiot on who rang up on three AW. So I don't know if one of our Melbourne based listeners can confirm who said, oh, we'll just go back to the VFL um, because of that. Um, and I think this person, I, I, I don't know if they're listening or not, uh, but what an idiot. Uh, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, but anyway. Um, it is. Uh, yeah, really unfortunate. Now, um, yeah, I did. I did look at some data. I mean, and this is a real serious issue, and we're not. We don't pretend to be experts on it, but um, it's just an issue in society that needs to be taken really seriously now. And if it wasn't already, I hope that a lot of people see that it is now. I had a bit of a look, and it's in the last week. There's been a, like a, around about a hundred thousand more cases worldwide, and the death toll has gone up about fivefold. It's it's really time to act now, and I'm glad that the AFL has sort of jumped on board, and and the rest of us need to follow. Well, I think it's easy to see. I mean, they always, these things start off slow, but they can exponentially sort of um, take control very, very quickly because, you know, as soon as a couple more people have got it and they visit a couple of people, it just, you can see how quickly it would spread. So, um, yeah, it, it will get worse. That's, I guess, what we can take out of that. It's not uh, going to be better in a, a couple of days or in a week. I mean, I'd be surprised if... We're not talking on the 31st of March about a few more months of uh, no football. Yep. I think it'll probably go on for a, a number of months, uh, probably close to the six months that the government's talking about. Yep. Well, I think uh, well that's enough about uh, the virus for now. I think some people would like us to talk about the footy. So how about we talk a bit about the footy in a short <laughs> break and we'll talk about the no, nine games. What would we do that for? Why would we do that? <laughs> All right. Let's, let's lift our spirits a bit. We'll talk about the footy right after this break. The Holding the Ball Podcast. All right. We're back. Uh, we're back to talk about... I guess a big round of footy, and it started. And you know, we're just going to have a bit of a bit of a general chit chat here. It started on Thursday night. Uh, yeah, what did you watch? Did you watch Thursday night? What did you have a look at over the weekend? Uh, I did sort of see a bit of Thursday night, probably the second half. It's a little bit annoying over in WA when daylight uh, savings and the footy's on. You sort of don't get home till about six and you've missed the first half of the footy or something like that. So that's annoying. But um Thanks I for sharing found, uh, Thanks for sharing all your problems <laughs> with us. But uh yeah, no yeah. continue. <laughs> the <laughs> the Richmond Carlton game I did catch the second half. Uh, to be honest I found it pretty uh, pretty boring. Richmond sort of dominated, took the foot off the pedal and then uh, Carlton came back late but Richmond, you know, when they were, the game was in the the balance we're able to just put the foot back down and, and take it out of uh, Carlton's hands. But what do you think of the first game? Oh, I didn't watch much of it. Um, I was looking forward to Friday night, and boy, that was a disappointment. Oh, yeah. Gee whiz, the Bulldogs were in, <laughs> they were insipid. Um, yeah, it was just, considering we talked up the Bulldogs a fair bit in the, uh, the preseason, you know, they're oh, my arguably goodness. the best midfield. I couldn't believe how bad they were. Um, I mean, they mm-hmm. they – just got smashed by Collingwood. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. They only had 22 inside 50s for the game. That is just ridiculous. Um, so no, 22 they, inside 50s for nine scores. So, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Um, so, no, I couldn't believe yeah. how bad they were. Um, and I guess 
and I know, you know, we're talking footy here, so I can smash a team if I want to. Uh, <laughs> you know, they'd be one team that'd be happy that they're not playing for two months. Yeah, that's true. They'll uh, go back to the drawing board, I think. And what did you think of the, uh, you know, I think it was apparent to me on the Thursday night game where they would probably traditionally have 80,000 or something there and there was no one. Uh, and uh, it was it was weird and I actually found it very... Um, found it less exciting. I don't know. What, what did you think? Yeah, it, it took a bit of the um, energy out of it and with with having that out. But it also added something different. You could hear the players and all that. I found that quite interesting. Um, that was interesting, yeah. Um, and so there were different elements to it. But, I mean, you know, nothing beats the the atmosphere when there's, you know, 80,000 in, in – a packed stadium and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that was different. But there were different elements that came out of it. I loved what some teams started to do. I think Collingwood kicked this off with the theme songs. Um, you know, we weren't linking arms. They were standing around clapping and getting all excited, and that was really good. Yep. Um, I like yep. that. That was uh, exciting. Yeah, that was good. Um, Rory Sloan today – was it today? No, yesterday – played his – we're recording this on Sunday night – played his 200th game. Um, and it was very interesting seeing him him mic'd up um, as he led his team out as he's the, the sole skipper of Adelaide this year and that was really interesting and then he, he got chaired off with no spectators. So, uh, <laughs> Poor old Rory, eh? So, uh, yeah, that was really different. Um, yeah, and, it was a bit strange. Yeah. And, that, and the... Um, the interviews I found were the, a bit awkward where you, the interviews at the end of the game or even at half time with the player and the player would be standing sort of on the ground with a, a microphone yes. on, a, a, on, a, on a stand and then the, the reporter or the commentator would be sort of standing about five metres back um, asking all the questions and it was just it is all very strange. Yeah, I mean, the AFL was trying to make it work, and, and I, I admire them for that. I'm trying to keep a bit of normality, and there were some interesting moments. One that I quite liked was Tom Papley kicked a nice dribble goal and then ran to fake high-five a few people in the crowd. Um, yeah, that was good. So there are, there are a few uh, interesting moments that uh, were brought about by there being no crowd, but... Um, you could hear a bit more from a broadcast perspective. It wasn't so bad, but yeah, it did just, it was just different and unfamiliar and awkward at times, but it was. And even though we didn't have the, the excitement, there was still a couple of games that were quite exciting. The, um, the Dockers game in the end was a bit exciting towards the end. The, the Adelaide Sydney game was close. The North and St Kilda game. Um, yeah, that was a beauty today. Was a beauty at the end where North managed to hold on in the last sort of two minutes. Um, some really good defending down the back end. Mm, yes, and I, I reckon uh, yeah, Jamie McMillan, an unheralded defender, probably never mentioned his name on this uh, podcast before, uh, <laughs> came up with a really good smother. Um, your mob, Frio. Let's t- let's touch on them for a moment. Fell. Yeah. They were ordinary at times, but fell agonisingly short to, I guess, uh, you must. we must be honest here, a much more fancied Essendon. How did you see it? Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I thought um, the first quarter was the real issue for the Dockers. I think they kicked five goals, two to the Dockers, two goals, one. Yep. And um, 
you sort of that's where the sort of game probably slipped away from the Dockers being down at that point. And then from then on, it was a lot more even uh, in the second and third quarters, even though uh, Essendon probably slightly pulled away in those quarters a little bit. It, it wasn't ridiculous. And then obviously in the last quarter, the Dockers came back and ended up only losing by six points. Andy Brayshaw had a shot uh, on goal when we were seven points behind and, and missed, um, which was a bit disappointing, but that's probably his, uh, his sort of where he lacks a bit of uh, uh, polish. He's uh, kicking. Yeah, polish, that's, that's the word. But there were some interesting points from this game. Um, firstly, Townsend in the first quarter, which was basically a Richmond uh, delisting. I yeah, think. so they picked um, him up for, for nothing and he had yeah three goals to half-time, didn't he? Three goals in the uh, at the half-time and he actually had three contested marks, um, which is huge and considering he's not like a massive bloke or not a key forward, um, was able to take three contested marks in the first, first half, which was ridiculous. Um yeah, a uh, really good pickup for Essendon by the looks of it. Yeah, and they got him for nothing. The one, there was a young bloke, I'm sure you want to talk about from Freo, he did all right. <laughs> oh, yeah, we hope you've got 10 minutes to talk about this bloke. Um, I'll give you two. Sam Sturt for, for the Dockers ended the game with three goals and 10 disposals, and those 10 disposals were at 90% efficiency as well. So a really good um, debut from Sam Sturt, who was our first pick in the 2018 draft, I think. Yes, when it 17. picked 17, you're right, from uh, Mount Eliza in Victoria. And if I remember correctly, he was the kid that was basically a good cricketer growing up, and um, they sort of went with him, and we all sort of thought uh, this is a bit of a, a left left field pick. Yeah, a lot of people um, did um, criticise that selection, but there was one goal that I saw him kick from outside 50. That was a beauty. Yeah, that was his first goal. Uh, and then the, he kicked two goals in the last quarter, and the first one was one um, where he took a mark at about 45, uh, 45 from goal, and uh, Hurley came through uh, very, very late and tried to take his head off. And uh, he got 50 metres paid against him and kicked a goal. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Hurley actually uh, had, had something to answer for there. But the other one was actually really interesting. The ball came in long and Sturt was just outside the goal square playing on Hurley. And Sturt actually managed to outbody him and mark. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe it. Uh, someone of, uh, you know, Hurley's experience and, and sort of probably got 10, 15 kilos on Sturt, I would think. Um, Sorry, just echoing the laugh. <laughs> but, yeah, he, uh, he did very, very well and kicked uh, the third goal there. But I think the um, the talk of the game is probably the efficiency of kicking. Uh, the Dockers were woeful to begin with and the Bombers were very, very good. And uh, the tackle pressure was the other one. Um, the Dockers didn't seem to lay too many tackles um, at the game and, and the Bombers uh, were sort of quite fierce in their tackling. But just finally... Well, that's, he, yes, uh, on that note, yes, that's a smashing 58 tackles to 33. Yeah, it was huge. Um, the other thing that really 
surprised me was the clearance numbers. And Dylan Shield had nine clearances, and that Fife only has one. And that's unheard of. Fife's normally at the top of the clearances, and that was uh, very strange. So a really down day for Fife, who uh, I don't know if you saw the pictures, walked away from the game with a massive black eye. Yeah, he didn't look uh, too crash hot. No, but um, yeah, in the end, you know, I was actually halfway through tempted to turn it off, uh, but in the end, uh, they fought back at the end to, to show some spirit, I guess, so it's something for them to work on if the, the footy comes back this year. Excellent. Yeah, now we've had, you know, five minutes of our 30-minute podcast on the Freo game. Now we move on. Uh, <laughs> to five minutes on your team? Uh, yeah, we'll squeeze in a couple of minutes. Uh, what else did I like this weekend? I liked, before we get to West Coast, um, I liked Sydney played heating up forward, looked really good, kicked four goals um, in, I guess, what ended up being a match-winning performance. Mm. Um. Swans look all right. They look okay. Um, Brody Grundy was just dominant against Tim English um, yeah. for the third time in a row. Um, mm. He's a machine, that man. How about uh, the, the Suns against Port? Do we think that that was a bit bit of a shock? I thought the Suns were a shock. I know. thought they'd be better than that. But I, I did say last week that I think Port will be a little better than what some people think. They are going to be. I think Port will be okay. Um, I tip. I tip them to finish just outside the eight. I think, but um, I didn't expect them to win by what was it in the end, forty-seven points. Yeah. So and disappointing then, uh, from the Suns. The Cats sort of um, not matching it with GWS. Yeah, probably. Well, it was no interesting. real surprises there. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I saw a couple of comments that said that this was the game where we saw the standard step up, um, that this was the first real good quality game of the weekend, and I don't know what you think of that, but I know I didn't actually watch the Giants-Cats game, but I saw a few people saying, well, this is two, you know, pretty good teams just having a red-hot crack and GWS too good in the end, and we expect GWS to be... Um, right up there, you know, when when the whips are cracking, so to speak, at the end, if if we get to that point, um, a bit of mm, well, in, in the end, um, GWS and the Tigers are the only team to kick over a hundred points. So, um, you know, the two finalists, grand finalists from last year, um, just resuming, showing they? how it's done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess uh, we can now crack on to my mob, and uh, we had a game at Optus Stadium <laughs> this afternoon, which. We knew it was going to be our last game of footy in a while and um, there was a patch at the end of the first quarter where West Coast smacked on five goals very or four goals very quickly and that ended up being the difference as West Coast won by 27 points. Um, yeah, it was a pretty... Yeah, again, another, it was another game where we saw one team dominate the first quarter and then sort of it'd be a lot more even for the rest of the game, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, Melbourne, I mean, this is the story of their year last year. And this is why I don't understand why so many mainly Eastern States pundits had predicted them to do better this year. They had about 10 more inside 50s than West Coast and, you know, lose by 27 points, um, which is just, I mean, they had 16 scoring shots to 18. So they only had two less scoring shots, but butchered the footy going inside 50. Um, 
I think Bar- mm. Barass marked it five or six times from an opposition entry. Um, so Melbourne in general play were okay. It's just the class of West Coast. Liam Ryan up front was really good. And a shout out to Brendan Archie, who was delisted last year mm. um, and ended up, um, you know, he was pretty good, kicked a couple of goals and, and showed that maybe – there's a place for him in uh, Willie Rioli's absence uh, in the Eagles lineup. Yeah, and uh, shout out to uh, my old mate uh, Ed Langdon, who uh, racked up 31, 31 disposals for Melbourne. I, I'm not quite sure what, how his efficiency was, but um, he. I remember watching in the first quarter had a pretty simple set shot for goal and, and missed and. To be, uh, to yes, he did. be pretty scene. honest about Ed, he uh, the biggest problem of Ed's game was always his kicking uh, accuracy. Uh, he he'll run and run and run all day, and uh, you know obviously can rack up some possessions, but the quality of those possessions that have always been his issue. Yep, and there were some really good debuts, and in that game we had Kaziah Pickett, um, who just showed us, yes. I guess, a glimpse of what we're going to see. Gee, he looks good. Um, uh, just attacks it hard and he's got a really good finish on him. I keep on, They keep on replaying um, a game from last year where he has just ran to place this awesome shepherd um, to allow his teammate mm. into a goal and we're going to see that over and over and over again. He looks like a real find. I think Melbourne got him picked 12 or 13 in last year's draft. Um the other talking point, the other really good debut, and a bloke who seems to command the Port Adelaide forward line um, already in just his first game was young Mitch Georgiades, who our man Silv Lombardi, when we were talking about the draft last year, was all over him. And he didn't disappoint. He played really well um, and, and really commands a presence in that Port Adelaide forward line. So expecting big things from him. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't actually follow his uh, his game. How did he go? Oh, he looks real good. Um, Flew at the ball, kicked goals, kicked, uh, yeah. two goals, eleven disposals. Yeah, no, nah, went well. Uh, Max King made his long-awaited debut. Obviously, had his knee issues last year, um, so it was good to mm-hmm. see him uh, him take his place. Um, Tom Green for GWS. Um, so there are a lot of draftees from last year um, making their debut, which was good to see. Um, but because I pick it, the pick of the bunch for mine. Yeah, other than Sam Sturt. Uh, um, <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, so uh, I thought I'd also just quickly mention, uh, we did sort of mention it in the uh, intro a little bit, but the AFLW, the Frio girls, uh, had a 70-point win over the Gold Coast, uh, 80 points to 10. Um so that, that was just a huge win, um, their highest score for the season. And, uh, you know, you've got to have a couple of minutes for the girls. They're doing very well. Unfortunately, can't uh, decide a winner this season. Yep, okay. That's um, really good. Um, just a bit more Freo time. <laughs> you know, Melbourne, if you want to talk about AFLW, Melbourne won a game uh, with a kick almost after the siren against GWS, which was really good. Um, yes, that was good. Yep. Uh, so that was really – and it also – there was a really good video that I think the AFL placed on their Twitter um, of the, the guys were all in – you'd assume to be the club's tea rooms or whatever it was uh, watching the game, which was uh, really good to see. So uh, a really good environment there. But uh, no, unfortunately, yeah. the AW uh, – I can't even speak – AFLW, um, it's produced some good moments. It's definitely grown this year, uh, that's for sure. 
Yeah, I think the skills have um, had improved. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, what are we in the third season now, or something like that? Something like that. But, um, yeah, there was some moments where you think, "Wow, these uh, some pretty decent kicks and things." Now that um, they weren't uh, in the first year that they played, so. Yeah, it's going from strength to strength. I wonder if, uh, given everything that's happening and the financial strain that's on the AFL, if uh, the AFLW will continue in the future or not. Well, I heard today that it probably will. I heard will. somewhere. Okay. Um, it does. I heard somewhere that it was about fifteen or twenty mil. Yes. A year to run it, mm. and um, you know they don't get anything back from that no. effectively. So. Um, it's a big cost. If you're uh, trying to cut costs, there's uh, potentially uh, one big cost there. Yeah, I had. I mean, and this was just on AFL 360. They were talking about it. Jared and Robbo. They they reckon that uh, Gills committed to AFLW, so they reckon it will stay. But we'll anything is possible, and we'll you know we'll wait and see. We hope mm-hmm. for the, we hope for the girls that it continues. Yeah, we do. It'd be good to see it continue. I think it's um, it's doing really well. Yep. Uh, so I think that's it for uh, for round one. Talking about the footy, shall we uh, come back and wrap up uh, our round one review? We will. All right. See you in a minute. This is holding the ball, the podcast. Okay, thanks for listening and thanks for sticking around. We're uh, wrapping up round one and talking, obviously, about the AFL's big decision uh, to postpone the season at this stage until at least May 31. Um, we wanted to just say a big, a quick shout out, Mike, to all the people that were listening to our episodes last week. Uh, a big week and we had listeners from obviously our great city of Perth Um also some folks in Brisbane, which is great to have some people on the Eastern Seaboard. Uh, so ranked number two, three, four, and five. Uh, Go on. That's Marcus Adams over there uh, having a bit of a listen. Oh. Know, keeping tabs of the, of, and I must say, he uh, he looked quite quite good today. Pretty yeah. solid, other than the point where Sean Burgoyne um, just sold the candy. Other than that, that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Other than that, uh, we might, if we get him back on again, we'll ask him about that. But just, you know, Sean yeah, Burgoyne's 57 years of age playing game number 373, <laughs> I think it is, just uh, yeah. making everyone look a bit stupid. Uh, but, no, certainly Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, Launceston, which I've never seen on the uh, ranking of cities up there, and Adelaide. So it's good to see people all over the place having a listen. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, obviously with uh, everything that's going on, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with the footy or with the podcast in the near future, but um, our intention, I guess, is to do more podcasts in the future. Uh, we'll just have to probably wait for either uh, some games to be played or some, some news to come out or potentially even uh, some more player interviews that we'd like to do that we did last year. Yep, we'll certainly uh, be on the lookout. And just uh, before I leave that topic of uh, people having a listen, a couple of listens still in the USA and Netherlands and Spain, no doubt, in lockdown, listening to the podcast, which is excellent. So thanks for tuning in if you're overseas. <laughs> we love that. Um, but, yeah, certainly in the future, we don't know when you'll hear from us next. Stay tuned on the Facebook, Holding the Paul Podcast, and Twitter at Holdboard Pod. Yep, and uh, you can always send us an email at holdingtheballpodcast at gmail.com uh, if you want to tell us about, uh, have a chat or tell us about a story or uh, something that's going on uh, 
in the football world. Yeah, absolutely. And just before we go, a quick shout out. Now, I do see on our top cities on the leaderboard, it is a place by the name of Middle Swan. Now, I did see on the Facebook page a lot of ex-students that I used to teach like the page. Good to see you uh, liking the page and having a listen, and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Some some uh, faces there that I haven't seen for a while. So, nah, good times. And, uh, yeah, I guess, Mike, that'll do for us for a little bit. Yeah, so that's it for a little while. Stay tuned on those um, social platforms and uh, hopefully we'll uh, be back to do a new podcast very, very soon. Thanks for listening. This is Holding the Ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber.